Attention, attention, it's episode three of Growing Up Punk. Well, welcome back to Music 2. No, no. Oh, come on. <laughs> I know. Hello. Edit. Woo. <laughs> I've been working on too many uh, too many of the Lost Tapes episodes where I have oh, to okay. say music to my peers. Well, that's a good uh, excuse. Welcome back, yes, to Growing Up Punk, uh, the podcast where we talk about punk rock and all of its friends. Uh, we got Aaron. That would be you over there. Say hi, Aaron. What's up, Major Pains? <laughs> I expected the dad in you to just respond with, hi, Aaron. You let me down. You Sorry. Let me down. I was trying to think of a sweet movie reference and major pain and came ma- to mind. And major pain is what you came <laughs> with. I don't, even, I don't even know if I even saw that movie, but uh, that's the one where he's like, brain. he's like, the kid's crying about something. He's like, I'll give you something to cry about. And he like breaks his finger or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Classic. That's what we're all about here. I think that was a Wayne's Brothers film. Anyway, I am the other voice. My name is David. Uh, we we got to get that out of there. <laughs> Real quick, we'll we'll do the whole uh, social media stuff. You can find us wherever you find things on social media for the most part. We are on Facebook. Just look up Growing Up Punk. We are also on Twitter, at Growing Punk Pod. We are on Instagram, at Growing Up Punk. I myself am on Instagram and Twitter, at David Growing Up. And you, sir, Aaron, are on Instagram. Where Aaron Grew Up Punk. And I'm also on LinkedIn. <laughs> oh, LinkedIn. All right. Sweet. So if you I'm have a business, sure. let me know. Yeah, I'm going to send you some requests on LinkedIn. I was on LinkedIn at one point, and I don't think I ever did a single thing on it. Yeah, me neither. But I, 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 think, <laughs> I, do have a, I think I do have a profile on LinkedIn somewhere. Nice. Uh, but eh, we've all had our faults. We've all had missteps and such. Uh, do you have snow there yet? Oh, it's been snowing all day. Yeah, okay. We got snowy. See, look, I, I'm not just dressed as Ian Mackay for fun. Uh, I'm wearing my beanie because we do have snow. Yeah. You know, it was a, it was a day where I was like, I'm going to put my beanie on because it's cold outside. You guys just getting snow now? Uh, well, I mean, we had snow overnight. Like, so we woke up to snow, but we had snow a little while ago, but it wasn't like it was gone. Uh, it had been gone for weeks. Like, we haven't had snow since probably a week or two before mm. Halloween and oh, it was gone it? and then it came back. I think it's probably safe to say for the most part, it's here to stay now. I don't know. That's the way life works where I'm from. Yeah. Same here. Sweet, sweet. So, um, we're, Oh, before, uh, I was going to get into the band we we're going to talk about, but I did want to share a little, a, 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 like a tiny little review because on the weekend I got to see, uh, Seaway with youth fountain mm, and yeah. first ghost, and uh, what a show. I mean, Seaway is always fun. They, You know what to expect every time you see them. It's, they're just like a party band. Um, Youth Fountain was so good, mm, which awesome. I wasn't surprised by that. But yeah, what I, I learned something, though. I knew they were Canadian. Didn't realize they're from Vancouver. So, you know, hi, Youth Fountain in Vancouver, where I don't live. None <laughs> of us live. But you're on this side of the country, so we cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah love and it. then First Ghost, uh, they're actually from Toronto. And... They they were the band that I came home from the show with merch from, so that's cool. They're kind of like a, I would say, I think I described them to you as like old, like early Copeland meets Jimmy Eat World with a little bit of like American football sort of stuff mm-hmm. in there. But their one guitar player played a Gibson SG. Like when I say that, do you know what, can yeah, you yeah. picture what guitar I'm talking about? Yeah. yeah, which I thought was hilarious because, I mean, typically when I see an SG, I think of, you know, like fast melodic punk or like ACDC. Yeah, but no, he's like, he's, he's playing like sensitive riffs. <laughs> so I was like, I've never heard an SG sound so sensitive. Uh, nice. But that was cool. Yeah. And on top of that, not only did I buy a t-shirt of theirs, but they this is something that hasn't happened in a long time for me. They gave me a free CD. When was the last time a band just was like, here, want a CD? Actually, um, Sharp Shock, who opened up for the Interrupters last right. week... As people were leaving, the the singer guitar player was standing at the door handing out CDs. Oh, nice! So there that you go. It doesn't happen very often. These I figured uh, First Ghost was just trying to get rid of their CDs because <laughs> it was like one of their early EPs, and they're probably like, we don't really want to carry these around with us anymore. So right. if you buy something, you get a free CD. Uh, I listened through it once on my 
CD player in my car and I was like, that was cool. I probably won't listen to it again on like actual physical CD. Right. Yeah, but it's enough to make you remember them. So maybe sure. that's all yeah. it takes and it's worth it. Yeah, it was a, it was, it was a good show too. Uh, so that's, that's always fun. Um, yeah, so we, that was just a little quick update who I got to see this past weekend. It was fun. You were, you missed it. They were in, they were in Saskatoon, right? Uh, Regina. You live in Regina. Yeah, they were in Saskatoon. <laughs> it was uh, very convenient for me. <laughs> <laughs> Only a couple hours away. <laughs> yeah, they were in Regina, but I was busy that night, and so wasn't yeah. able to get excuses. there. Excuses. I get yeah. it. I get it. We've all got our excuses to not live our best life. I understand. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, that's uh, possibly true. Yeah. Um, no, but okay, we're, we're here to talk about... Uh, I want to see if I can segue. So Seaway... Reminds me, their their like latest stuff. Um, reminds me of which is now a couple years old. Uh, reminds me of a mix between Weezer and Third Eye Blind, hmm. who were bands that also came up, especially Weezer, around the same time as this band that we're going to talk about. We're talking about Green Day. Do you have the time to listen to me whine? About nothing and everything all at once. I am one of yeah. So, yeah, which we said in our last episode, our face to face episode, that realistically, they were, if you grew up a 90s kid and you got, and you found yourself getting into punk rock, there was a really good chance that that was thanks to Green Day initially. Whether you yeah. say, like, you know, they were the first punk band. Because, I mean, some people will argue whether or not they're a punk band. I say, yes, 100% they're a punk band. Yeah. They just happen to write better songs than a good majority of punk bands that got them on the radio at the right time. Um, but, uh, yeah, so so when we started with, like, MXPX and stuff, we were kind of jumping around a little bit. But we mentioned them in the last episode then thought, we should do an episode about Green Day. Hmm. So here we are doing an episode about Green Day. What, how, can you remember, because it was a long time ago, how you got introduced to Green Day? Yeah, even just a thought before that, as you just mentioned, um, I was just watching some some live videos of theirs because they just did a 25 anniversary um, show for Dookie, and it was just like this small venue. It might have even been like a Wait, surprise how did you, show. How did you say that? How did you say Ducky? that? Dookie? 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 Cookie? Like, I, like Dookie? Dookie like cookie? <laughs> Yeah, I want to say I've never heard anyone say dookie. <laughs> dookie, Duke? milk and dookies. No, 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 I feel weird saying it. So <laughs> it's I, I want to say that album, dookie. <laughs> dookie. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Part of me, if I maybe it's one of those those titles I just don't say enough, or I haven't sure, said recently. That's fair. So that's, it's it spelled like and, cookie. But, so <laughs> <laughs> all right, I'm just going to refer to it as cookies now. <laughs> um, <laughs> cookies and milk. So, so I was watching it. And just thinking, like, it, it's such a weird coincidence or however it works when, you know, certain bands blow up on things and or certain eras or whatever. Because, so like, these songs are, I mean, they're really cool, but they're not, you know, anything kind of special. But for whatever reason, that album just exploded. But, um, yeah, back uh, to the first time I heard it, I was in grade five or six, and I found a cassette on the schoolyard playground, and it had... Dookie. <laughs> oh, now man, he's gonna be super that, yeah. self-conscious about it. Dookie, and I think it had the Offspring Smash on it as well. Oh, sick! And okay. uh, and I mean, I had no no idea what it was. I don't even know how long it took me to realize what a what it was. None of my friends or anyone would have known. So, but I just remember listening to it and just kind of being in awe of. First of all, just hearing something I never heard before. You know, kind of feeling like I had to, you know, hide it from my parents, and and yeah, just yeah. so that 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 kind of whole thing of not really knowing what to do with it, but knew I really liked it, right? And uh, yeah, it just yeah, like I said, I had no context to it. I don't even know how long it would have taken me to know who it was, but I just listened to it a lot, and and then I can't even remember maybe when it was when I would have figured it out or. Um, right. Yeah. So it's yeah. It's so weird, you know, in that in that time with not having the internet or whatever, I wouldn't have yeah, even yeah. known how to look that up. I think it was just when when the next album came out, my brother had borrowed it from a friend, and then maybe I pieced right. it together by then or or whatever. But yeah, it was just just by chance. It was just uh, Mother Nature's way of 
of blessing one of its children, so to speak. <laughs> one of its sweet children, as you would, because yeah. that's you know to stay to stay on the the on whole the Green music. Day topic. Yeah, I'm sorry if I'm making really weird faces at you on camera right now. I'm trying to edit something on my phone that I want to be visible on my computer. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I'm just like kind of staring oddly. I can't, and now I can't find our conversation. What the heck? Where'd you go? Where'd you, where'd you go, Aaron? I'm here. Oh, 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 there you are. I found you again. <laughs> I was trying yeah, to transfer something from my notes on my phone to like our uh, Google Doc. <laughs> so I'm just oh, like, okay. keep talking, Aaron. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's just funny how random things like that, had that not happened, who knows what have, you know, I'm sure I would have come across it eventually, but I, I just love yeah. stories like that. You know, it's just this influential band at the time yeah. just blowing up and, you know, just this random kid finds his cassette tape and takes it home and mm -hmm. gives it a rip and here we are. Yeah, I can't remember, like, I don't have a specific story like that where it's like, oh, I can pinpoint exactly. Uh, because I'm sure for me it was, just on the radio uh, is where I would have heard, you know, whether it was When I Come Around or yeah. Basket Case. One of those two songs, uh, maybe Longview. I want to say it was either Basket Case or When I Come Around, though. But um, probably just hearing it on the radio and then, you know, friends. Like, I can remember walking down the hallway. I would have been in grade six, I want to say. And I was walking down the hallway with a group of friends. And for whatever reason, we were walking from one class to the next. And we were just singing Basket Case. Mm. Like, no music on. We were just walking down the hall, like probably six or seven of us, singing Basket Case. And, uh, yeah, like, initially, I mean, they weren't like a band where I was like, oh, man, I love Green Day. Because, like, they came and played sometime around then, maybe the next year, like 97. Um, and, like, that was before I would have been into going to shows right like right. i didn't go to, but i had a friend who went and i just remember him talking about how like like they they because i want to say they played at the saddle dome in calgary so i mean like a, a, a an arena right yeah. like, so this was definitely after they blew up and uh he was talking about like how him and his buddy like totally trashed their seats at the saddle dome like jumping up and down on them oh. and like broke the <laughs> seats <Nice. laughs> i was like oh man uh but um yeah, they're they're a band that uh, I it's funny because like I feel for the longest time I didn't necessarily appreciate them like I really enjoyed yeah. them in those days hearing them on the radio like whether like starting with Dookie and then moving forward uh, through Insomniac and Nimrod and and Warning and stuff and really knowing like their radio singles once Nimrod came out I kind of started getting into them a little more for a period but then like I like a lot of bands but earlier I think than a lot of bands that I really loved i kind of just like shifted away from them a little bit mm. like i didn't get into the american idiot and 21st century breakdown era of green day until well after those records were released yeah me too and now i like i really i do love them like obviously like they it shows just how good of songwriters or i guess specifically how good of a songwriter billy joe is which when you watch like any documentary so i watched um Oh, it was like, I want to say it was like a VH1 behind the music mm. thing that someone had ripped and put on YouTube, you know, like horrible quality. Cause it was from, it was from the time around the time warning came out. I don't even know if warning was out yet or if it was kind of done like leading into it or whatever as a bit of a promotion. But, uh, so it's just like poor quality, yeah. but you know, they, they talk about in a lot of like, uh, the, the, the familiar faces from like the Gilman street area or area era talking about just how obviously talented Billy Joe was in writing in songwriting. And I think, you know, that really shows even more so like with that, I guess, rock opera era hmm. of, of green day. I keep wanting to call them blink 182 <laughs> <laughs> for no reason, except I watched, I watched a concert uh, earlier today. They were playing in Australia. It was in front of like maybe 200 people and it was like, uh, I think it was Australia. And there was like live on Goat Island. And uh -huh, so I guess yeah. it was, yeah, it was like this contest that people had won to go watch them, right? So this was like they were touring warning. And so they, from what I could understand, they played a show, like an actual, a proper show the night before. And then there were contestant, like contest winners that won tickets to go see them on this small mm. island at an outdoor show. It was like That's 200 cool. of them. Yeah. But in it... um, 
at one point in time, because the backdrop behind them is like, I don't know if it's Sydney or whatever. So like the Sydney Harbor or whatever, whatever city they're in, like the Harbor. And uh, so it's water behind them. There's boats passing. And at one point there's this old like sailboat that passes. That's like, and they, and they start talking about how, oh, the pirates on this boat or whatever. And uh, they're talking about all the things they should do to these people passing on this boat. And so they're yelling at them through the microphones and stuff like that. And someone yells, take off your pants. And then Billy Joe says, we're not Blink-182. And I was like, <laughs> it was just such like a random little like name drop because I want to guess that was probably if, if it was warning uh, that they were, they were touring. I want to say that's like what? That was 99 that warning came out. Yeah, so it was probably around the time of like Blink blowing up. Yeah. Uh, what is Discog says warning came out in 2000. Yeah. So... Um, so yeah, like Blink had blown up. What's my age again and stuff like that. And yeah. the state was, so yeah, I thought it was just kind of a funny little thing. Um, but, uh, yeah. So I'm, I, I feel like I'm going to say Blink 182 all show and well, I'll say, there's I'll really say no Ducky, reason for it. You say Blink 182 and we'll just confuse everyone. <laughs> we, it's really <laughs> just what boils down. <laughs> it just boils down to, uh, personal pronunciations. You, uh, pronounce Dookie as Dookie and I pronounce Green Day as Blink 182. <laughs> it's, I mean, whatever, you know, it's tomato, tomato. What's the difference? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. But, you guys, uh, you were saying you were walking around singing basket case too, because now that I listen to that song, I mean, not just now, but in later years, just realize like what the lyrics are. And it's like, oh, that's kind of a weird, weird song for, you know, grade six or seven kids to be <laughs> right. walking around singing. And Yeah. Um, it is funny, though, because I want to say it was either that song or Wonderwall were like the first two songs that I can remember learning all of the lyrics to. Hmm. <laughs> and like knowing and i mean they probably were were they on the radio around the same time when did i uh, wonder yeah, when i don't know about, about come on man get your get your information together uh i'm curious i'm gonna look this up because i can i have this thing called the internet um <laughs> oasis when did what's the story of morning glory come out actually what's the story of morning glory might have been a couple years after Oh, no, it was next year, 95. So what's the story of Morning Glory came out in 95? And yeah, so we time. decided Dookie came out in 94. I mean, I don't know when Basket Case came out as a single. They may have been singles around the same time, but I yeah, can definitely, like, be. that that time in my life, remember listening to and learning all of the words to those two songs. Yeah. Um, but we're not here to talk about Oasis. As awesome as they are, and as much as I went on, like, an Oasis, like, just, like, rabbit hole recently... Um, because of YouTube, YouTube's the worst, like it recommended for whatever, for whatever, and the best, for whatever reason, it recommended a Liam Gallagher, uh, acoustic show, like MTV unplugged from like MTV Italy or something like that. And so I watched it. And then from there I was just like listening to Oasis for the next two weeks and nothing else. So, ah, anyway, uh, green day. So did you... Did you ever get a chance? I shouldn't say did, like as if it's past tense. They're literally, as we're recording this, on tour in Europe right now. Um, but have you ever had the chance to see them live? Well, it's funny you say it like that because <clears throat> I feel like even if I <clears throat> oh, excuse me, did have the chance to see them live now, it just would be so much different than you know what it would have been like even 10 years ago. And so, unfortunately, I have not seen them live. I think they might have... Yeah, they would have been, like, maybe in Winnipeg five years ago or something. Um, and I just didn't make it out there. But, yeah, I've, I've watched a ton of their concerts um, yeah. on YouTube, and they look like an amazing live band. However, I feel like now, just with how their albums have progressed, I don't really enjoy their their later stuff as much. Um, whether it's, you know, even American idiot, which I know has been out for, for a while now, but I just, <laughs> like it would have been so awesome years. to see them that, you know, in 2000 when, you know, when warning was their newest and cause I feel like kind of right. after that, they really made a big shift, um, in their sound and just maturity as the songwriters and stuff. And so, yeah, I, I haven't seen them. If I, if I had the chance, I would still definitely try to try to make it out. Oh, 100% I would I would go. Um, now, having said that, I've said the same thing about, like, Foo Fighters, and they've been to town a couple times since I've lived in Edmonton, and I've 
skipped every time mm. because I just I I I'm I still have a hard time paying like sixty bucks to sit in the nosebleeds, yeah. right? Yeah. Where I'm like, ah, like I don't really understanding fully that it's not like I'm going to be able to see Green Day or Foo Fighters in you know like a a thousand person club, right? Yeah. Like that's not going to happen. But you know, so so as far as that is concerned, but like for me, yeah, I. I Obviously, like they've come around a few times, and I've just never, never had the chance. And I think part of that, or I shouldn't say had the chance, just never had the drive. And I think part of that was because, for the longest time, they were like a band that I liked, but they were never a band that I loved. Yeah, for me anyway. Like I, I always like. I mean, you know, Green Day as soon as it comes on the radio, and you know, I the the only, the only like CD I ever owned of theirs up until more recently was Kerplunk. And it's because I bought it off. I bought it off a guy who had bought it and then didn't like it because obviously it's not the same recording quality as their later albums, right? right? Like being the last of their like independent releases. Um, But, you know, so it was the only one I ever owned, but now more recently I like, you know, we've talked about this off and on, not a ton on the show, but just like with going to thrift stores, I had like a mission in mind where I was trying to acquire the entire Green Day library purely by buying them at thrift stores. Yeah. And I did pretty good. Like I've got um yeah. Yeah, that's what did I end up finding? Ones from theirs too. Yeah. Well, and like I haven't I haven't gone thrifting for CDs in a while, but like I you know, I got Dookie, I got Insomniac, got Nimrod. I've passed on warning a couple times because yeah. I've never found one in good enough shape. Oh uh, yeah. I'd um, buy that one too if I could. Yeah. And then uh, American Idiot, I got, and 21st Century Breakdown. Hmm. And uh, American Idiot, when I bought it, it was still sealed. Oh, nice. <laughs> which I was like, wow. But um, And then I did have a chance to buy Revolution Radio, which is impressive that it was already at a thrift store. Yeah. But I, I didn't buy That's it because awesome. it was kind of after I stopped buying CDs at thrift stores now that I've, I can just use my phone in my car. Yeah. I've, I've advanced with technology a little bit. <laughs> um. I'm still about the CDs. Yeah, I would say yeah. that anytime. Green Day had an album coming out. Like I don't remember ever being like super excited or you know going to the store day of or or any of that kind right. of thing. I think they were always one of those bands that I liked if they came on, but it wasn't like my favorite style of punk. Like I was always drawn mm-hmm. to you know the faster skate punk stuff. Um, yeah. However, maybe in the last number of years, I've appreciated appreciated it more. Like when I listened through you know all their albums last week, like I loved it. It like I knew all the songs and yeah. so it's I've listened to them enough to know them but I yeah. guess just for whatever reason you know maybe there's one of those bands that just at the right time it's just perfect but at the wrong right. time it's like yeah I prefer something else well they're they're interesting in the sense that um I mean they're very straightforward right like I mean yeah. Mike Dirt as a bass player is constantly walking uh, which is one thing, right? Like he's very, he's got, he's like, he has his own style. Yeah. Like definitely. when you hear a Mike Dirnt bass line, you're like, oh yeah, Green Day. But as far as like Billy Joe and Trey Cool are concerned, I've always found like, well, while Billy Joe just kind of does that straight ahead driving sort of like punk rock downstroke yeah. for the most part, right? Um, much like in the way we talked about MXPX and even face to face and the fact that he doesn't write a lot of like riffs. He just bases a lot of his music on, you know, chords and melodies and whatever, not necessarily writing these monstrous riffs that get stuck in your head. Right. Um, but Trey cool as a drummer is what always for the most part. And some people will probably curse my name for saying this, but for the most part is a lot of times like kind of, left me wanting a little bit with Green Day. Like, like I always felt like, uh, he's just such a boring drummer, which, and, and now you as a drummer, I'm curious to get your thoughts um, on him. Like, I, I mean, he's a solid drummer. Yeah. But I just find like he's, he's constantly doing like that. And maybe this is like a, a big skill thing, whether it's like doing his, you know, eighth notes on the hi-hat or whatever, or 16th maybe even at some time, as opposed to like just opening up and doing a straight like, like punk beat, right? Yeah, on yeah. Faster yeah, songs. He kind of keeps it dialed back a lot. And yeah. that always, like, when I was just looking for, like, that energy and, like, yeah, it just never, that always failed to materialize for me when I was younger. Yeah. Yeah, and I think, yeah, now you say that, and I've, I've noticed that, too. 
I don't know if they're just trying to kind of stick in that more kind of classic sound as a lot of, yeah. you know, maybe bands of that era. I'm trying to think of, you know, even like say like ACDC or something, you know, they're definitely right. a more, you know, guitar driven, more kind of anthemic. The drums aren't really ever like front and center. It's definitely not, yeah. you know, a Travis Barker situation by any means. Um, sure. But maybe in that style of a band, that's that's kind of what what they would like you know like there's bands like the yeah. offspring i remember seeing uh, an interview or reading something about um how this uh, they switched drummers or something and the singer was just told him like just play exactly how it is i don't want you doing any fills or anything fancy yeah. you know the songs aren't written for that and so yeah it's kind of an interesting approach fair. to take on it yeah well and i think like i'm not looking for you know because especially like listening to green day at the time Travis Barker wasn't yet a thing in my brain, right? Like, yeah. um, especially early on, but wouldn't be looking for that, but you know, like more of the, I don't know if, if, if the term is like a, like cut beat or whatever, like, you know, where it's more like, if I can drum with my mouth, that's why people tune into the show is to hear me make <laughs> drumming sounds with my mouth. Um, that be the new but intro, do you know what I mean? Just... Like, yeah. but you know what i mean music. right like yeah. w- he he's just always been more of a straightforward maybe even like a four on the floor kind of yeah, yeah. beat versus opening it up and and at the same point i don't know if maybe it's just like billy joe doesn't write songs that fit that it'd be interesting there's um i want to say his name is kai smith have you ever listened to kai smith he's a youtube yeah yeah, yeah. A, a drummer he did like a green day song I don't remember which song it was, but where he basically opened it up like that. And I was like, oh man, like it takes on an entirely different vibe, right? Uh, But again, that's not Green Day, right? Like Green Day very much just, you know, they they said things. And I think this is when a lot of people got into punk rock and then started bands or whatever, especially like that early, early stuff where they were coming out of, you know, like, um, like the hardcore phase of punk where they're like, oh, it's like Mike Durnt. I heard a quote where he said, it sounded like guys playing instruments plugged into amps like mine, crappy ones. And so like that's Ooh. why, you know, they originally got into got into punk in the first yeah. place and wanted to start Sweet Children. Um and so hearing some of that, like, I mean, obviously later in their years they would go on and like write these like rock opera type things, which right. is a different thing in itself, but in itself, but early on, yeah, I just wonder if it was just the fact that you know, because obviously Trey wasn't the drummer from the very beginning, but um, just that whole idea of it's raw, it's simple, because they've kind of kept that. Yeah, for I was going to say, I it's intriguing. I don't know if I can think of another band, you know, that's put out that many you know punk albums that didn't even have you know one fast song. And I I thought of that as I was listening to the discography. You know, there's I mean, obviously a lot of upbeat songs, but it just never goes to that that double time and. Maybe, I don't know if that was a conscious thing or just how he wrote. Um, but in saying that, I still think that Trey Cool is a very iconic drummer. Um, sure, So which yeah, is yeah. cool that, you know, it doesn't have to be, you know, about crazy drumming. Sometimes it's just about the persona, the personality of the drummer and just keeping it solid and, and being a part of the band. So that's that's what's unique about instruments, or not instruments, but musicians. It's like you can be really good, but not necessarily in a showy way. Yeah, and I think that's you know he fits that really well. You just really got to like your hi hat when listening to uh, yeah. <laughs> Trey Cool. <laughs> he doesn't that's have crash symbols. He just has more hi hats up there. <laughs> he just has a closed hi hat and an open hi hat and, and a medium a <laughs> and the medium hi hat. And and the only time he uses the ride is for like little like quiet accents. Ding, you know. No, but like as far as like talking about the band, the one thing I love you know, and listening to uh, Green Day over this past little bit was just like how, especially that early stuff, right? Like obviously they've all grown, they've all gotten older, uh, their views on life change um, and they, you know, their, their focuses change a little bit. So like that early stuff, I just, what I always loved thinking about this was that like Billy Joe is, um, his voice is obviously iconic, right? Yeah. So Green Day, has that early stuff was so just like teen angst filled. Oh, yeah. Which it, so it was much. like the per- 
yeah, the perfect music for, you know, someone growing up to listen to, um, to kind of be like, yeah, my parents, man, like they just, they just don't get me. Yeah. But then at the same point, what I loved is that in Billy Joe's voice, he literally sounds the way he sings to me sounds like he's mocking people, hmm. which is so good. <laughs> Cause you know how he just like, you know, like, like I'm not going to do a Billy Joe impersonation. We all know what he sounds like, right? Like he has that voice where it's like, slurring words kind of together and just like lazy you know um pronunciation's not the right word but you know what like articulation sort of thing um but yeah i was just like thinking about especially i was listening to the song brat because i was like trying to think of like oh are there any lyrics that jumped out to me and i do have something to say about green day lyrics in general but the the lyrics in brat where it says mom and dad don't look so hot these days but my future's looking good yeah i was like how because i mean that came off of insomniac so that was their second major label release like after dookie blew up and a lot of it was like this angry retort to just like being cast out of uh like the gilman scene right like where they came out of um and so he's just yeah he's just he's pissed off right and so like i just love those that line though because it's kind of like you know mom and dad don't get me but I get me and that's all that matters. Or, you know, you don't get me, but I get me and that's all that matters. And then you double that down with his voice and just how like, meh, he yeah, seems to be. It's like, it's, yeah, it's snotty is a great word. It's just like absolutely perfect, right? And I think he obviously influenced a lot of vocalists that would come down the line yeah. uh, with that, with those records and just with with who he is. But what I was going to say, and and then maybe you can add if you've got any thoughts on lyrics... Green Day doesn't really, they never really jumped out to me for their lyrics. Yeah. Sometimes I always felt like Billy Joe has a certain way to like get his lines, his syllables to fall in line so well with the count of the song, right? Like where yeah. he could just like rattle stuff off. And like, I mean, I emulated him when playing music, you know, when I was in high school and whatever. Uh, in like a lot of his style, because he, he obviously has a style as well. When you watch him perform live, right, like just making faces and whatever, and his guitars down to his knees. He's he had the punk rock stance down, yeah, so good. But just like yeah, getting his syllables to fall in line, like right on the beat, so well. Um, but the lyrics never really jumped out to me because sometimes I felt like maybe he was focusing on that, like just the flow of the song, right, versus actually the message. But what can can you name any other band out there that has had a hit a hit single uh, about masturbation and then also a hit <laughs> single about you know like politi- the political climate right yeah <laughs> yeah I don't I don't think you can <laughs> yeah like again as I was listening through and I wonder if they thought that too when they were you know putting out these albums if they just caught them by surprise that it you know it went as mainstream as it did. Um, you right. know, especially back then. Um, but I mean, yeah, like it's, yeah, none of their lyrics really stand out to me. I mean, it's, it suits the music and it's, it's yeah. fine. I mean, there's nothing like life giving about the lyrics, but I don't necessarily go to a band like that for that anyways. So, um, sure, yeah, yeah, but as they progress, like I think maybe around warning, you know, you started to kind of take a yeah. more political stance and, um, kind of notice some, some shift in the, in the lyrics there. Yeah, well, I know for sure, like, going into Warning, like, because they took time off, right? Like, they actually had not broken up, but they went on hiatus between Nimrod and Warning. Right. And because, like, Billy Joe was had just had his second kid and was, like, going through the thing where he's like, oh, I, he lost his dad at a young age. Like, his dad died of cancer, right. I think it was. Yeah. Um, and then so he was like, I don't want my kids to grow up without a dad. So he's like, we need to rethink this whole thing. And so they took time off. And then, so there's definitely, it's funny because like then when you watch their live performances, when they're touring for warning, I don't think it necessarily um, took anything away from that. Like they were still like bratty punk rock kids, but they had definitely, I think, matured. And you can hear that in warning itself, just like the diversity of the music, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, I know a lot of people complained about it because it wasn't Dookie. It wasn't Nimrod. It wasn't Insomniac, right? It was different. Yeah. But at the same point, you know, they literally end their, was it the last song on Nimrod? 
like good riddance or was it second last but anyways they legit yeah, had an acoustic one, yeah. ballad yeah, yeah an acoustic ballad on their album prior to that so when people talk about like that shift there i'm always like is it really that big like i mean they were messing around with acoustic guitars on the album before and no one really pulled yeah, that out obviously I think it was just the shift that the whole album you know, it wasn't just a song here, there, but the whole album had a different sound and just a whole different energy to it. And I don't really remember. Well, maybe I do. I um, of when it come, when it came out, being like, oh, like yeah, this I don't like this. But I think right. as it progressed, like it, it's still not not in my top Green Day albums by any means. But again, when I listened yeah. to it last week, like I I really enjoyed it and found myself singing along. And so I've, I've definitely listened to it enough to know it. It is like before they made the major shift, you know, to uh, like American Idiot sort of stuff. It it is probably the most, um, like standout, I guess. The most, like it 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 the most it has the most character out of I think any of their albums. Yeah, that's uh, true. Leading up to that, but again, it's it is a big shift, right? And that doesn't always translate. Like I know sometimes listening to that record, I kind of get like okay. Like I like it, and I remember liking it when it came out. Like I, I borrowed it. Like that was I borrowed that one and Nimrod were the only two I ever borrowed from friends. Mm. And um, I do remember, like especially like the church, uh, church on Sunday or whatever, that song stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. Like I did for sure enjoy that album. But um, talking about shifts, so obviously like it's no secret that when they released American Idiot, it was a very different Green Day. Yeah. Yeah, and I think like that's probably by far the the era or album that I just missed out on the most. I don't, know, I'm not sure what year that came out came out, but I was probably just way past even really caring at that point. And then especially with only you know the songs that they played on the radio were just songs I did not care for, and so I just kind of bypassed that album and didn't even really give it much of a chance. It blows my mind, to be honest, because like I, I was similar in the sense like when it came out, I was I was like, all right, fine, like this is weird, you know, for a punk band to be doing this, but whatever, it's its own thing. But how weird is it that you can guarantee that that record introduced them to like an entirely different era of fans? Yeah, oh for sure. And it like I I'm curious to know if they don't do that record. Let's say warning, or even because I think Shenanigans was after warning before American Idiot. Shenanigans? Um, yeah. Have you not listened to that? <laughs> no. What is that? It's an album. <laughs> you should you should have like listened to it. A the first song. Album? On, yeah, the first song on that record is fantastic. Um, if only because I don't know what the deal is with it. Because yeah, it doesn't come up on their discography. But. It, like I wonder if it's B sides or something like that. Oh uh, yeah, it, yeah that that sounds familiar. Yeah, because I definitely but, don't. That album didn't come up on Spotify or anything. Yeah, well, it's it's funny because it's not on their discography. But anyways, the first song on that record is I think it's the first song. There's like this alarm clock sound that goes off, and this guy just like starts smashing the alarm clock and freaking out. Nice. And it's like it's it's like you expect it to be like smash and it's done, but he's just like ah, ah, and he's just like smashing all sorts of stuff. The song starts and stops, and he's still going, rah, rah, smashing stuff, and then it starts again. It's just like kind of this fun little intro. But um, and now you got me wondering what that record actually is because it's uh, I for sure listened to it on Apple Music, and I don't remember where I was going. Oh, I was gonna say, but um, with if like Warning had been their, let's say that was their last record, right? Yeah, uh, they never do American Idiot. They never redefine themselves. I'm curious to know, and they probably still do, but do they end up in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Obviously, Dookie yeah. was huge, right? Like, yeah. it was part of that whole, like, alternative radio, like, second boom sort of thing. So obviously, you had, like, Nirvana and the whole grunge thing a few years prior. Right. And then Dookie comes out in 94, and it's part of, like, that whole, you know, explosion again, right? Like, yeah. thanks to Nirvana. But... um I'm curious because they definitely redefined themselves and did something incredibly ambitious with American Idiot. And yeah, I'm curious to know if they would still sit in the same place, you know, like they're, they're still as old as they are, as long as they've been around, they're still playing giant shows. Yeah. 
Right. Yeah, and it's uh, again to bring up the offspring, you know, because their album Smash came out. I mean, similar, maybe not, maybe even a year before, or similar year. Right. And that's I think still to date the biggest selling independent release. Yeah. Um, yeah. But with them, like they they haven't really you know done that where they redefine themselves or whatever. They just kind of keep keep doing a similar thing. And I I can't imagine the offspring would be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yeah. No. And that's that's a an excellent point because i don't think they would either and but yeah they they were a huge at that time as well and i think they still are like i still see them playing arenas I and mean, stuff and maybe it's just more nostalgia because they had yeah you know, they're they're not i mean definitely not to the same level as let's say green day yeah considering the offspring just played k days here this summer which is like our summer like fair <laughs> did you <laughs> they go played a, no i uh, wanted to um purely for that say like the you know the nostalgic reason um but i think i either had to work that night or you know i think i had to work that night must have no i didn't it was like the it was the very first night and there was just for whatever reason i didn't get a chance we were leaving for vancouver island the next morning right it maybe even that night actually no, it was Saturday we left. So yeah, it was it was it was the Friday, but we were leaving the next day for Vancouver Island. I was like, it's probably not a good idea to go, so we didn't go. But yeah, I would have. The only time I've I've like I've never seen, and we'll do an episode about the Offspring. I've never seen the Offspring live, um, but I did like I've seen like live videos where I'm just like I don't want to see the Offspring live. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, they're not a band necessarily that you'd go to be entertained. It's more just to. To sing all those terrible songs just they had on the radio. Feel old. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll, <laughs> to look we'll at talk. them and be like, oh, okay, I still feel pretty good about myself down here. Yeah. <laughs> we we will talk about the offspring. Maybe that'll be one of our upcoming episodes uh, because we don't want to jump back and forth too too much. But right. Um, yeah. But yeah, Green Day. I've I've just always been amazed at their ability to reinvent themselves, and I mean they could be in the process of doing that again. I know. You're not a fan of Father of All, the single that came out. And I will say this. It doesn't sound like Green Day to me. Um, it sounds like Green Day discovered garage rock. Yeah. <laughs> but they've, they've done that a couple times too. Like especially, and we talked a bit about not really enjoying the Uno Dos Tre albums. They've got some fine songs on there as yeah. well. But, but um, yeah, I know that... Uh, you know, they, they, they kind of delve into that a little bit there, too, like the whole garage rock vibe. But Right. Yeah, yeah it is. Yeah, I was going to say, at, the, at this point, I mean, I, I'm okay if they just do their own thing. I don't feel like I need some amazing album from them. However, their last one, uh, if we're allowed to skip to, to Radio uh, Revolution, Revolution Radio. Radio. So yeah. I was going to say Radio Surgery. That's a newfound glory. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Like that album was was awesome, and it still had you know the energy and you know the cool guitar parts and yeah. So it's it's not like it's they've had you know two or three albums that have been you know bummers by any means. So I, I'm still yeah. intrigued to see what what they do next. But yeah, so. I'm definitely reserving my judgment on Father of All. Um, but yeah, like Revolution Radio, I remember that was the same thing. Like when they first released, was it Bang Bang or whatever? I was kind of yeah. like. Oh, this isn't bad. I don't mind this. Yeah. And then there was like a follow-up single where I was like, eh, and then I just never paid any attention to it. And then I listened, I didn't actually listen to the album until prepping for this episode and I had to pull myself away from it. Yeah. Because I was like, dang, this is actually really enjoyable. Like I really, and it's still actually, I know like in the review, the description on Apple Music says, Green Day gets back to basics or whatever, right? And I'm like, yeah, okay, but there's still elements of 21st Century Breakdown, of yeah. um, American Idiot, like the rock opera thing. They have some longer songs on there that I was like, yeah, but it's still, I yeah, it's a really enjoyable listen. That's why I was like surprised. I was like, wait, someone already dropped this off at uh, at Value Village? Like, what <laughs> the heck, man? <laughs> yeah, well, who knows, but... Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting that with uh, like American Idiot and Twenty First Century, yeah, how they did have that more theatrical, and so I wonder if yeah. they had just like had enough of that, or if they did just want to go back to the basics. And so it's always yeah. intriguing when bands, you know, and this happens fairly often where they, you know they kind of make a shift, and then they, all of a sudden it's like we just want to get back to what it was, and so it's it's yeah. funny that you know 
in the time when they're making that shift, they have those thoughts and feelings of, okay, like we want to step away from what we've been doing. But when it comes down to it, that's what they're good at doing, right? And so it's right. Yeah. It's always intriguing to hear bands that that actually miss it. So not to say don't you know take an album or two and and experiment or whatever, but at the same time, it's like yeah. you know if if you're known for this kind of music, like that's that's what people are going to stick around for. So, well, yeah, and we've talked about this with some different things, and just like the argument there is like, well, if you really want to listen to, you know old straight up punk rock green day those albums still exist there is yeah. also something oh, yeah. to say like i would like to hear new songs because you know i've heard those songs so many times right but yeah. um i will say this about father of all is i just saw a video because yeah they're on tour in europe right now i don't know if it's if they're in spain or wherever they were but there was a video that was released and it was them playing father of all and i think basket case maybe oh, yeah, i was on like and uh good morning america or, or not maybe not no america, no but, no oh, this was yeah. like like an evening huge outdoor show with pyro and stuff and they're playing and i wish i knew where it was because there's just like some crazy like old architecture buildings in the back that just it just uh, looked awesome yeah but um but i will say father of all sounded better i thought live than like that album, yeah, like the, the the single release. Actually, I don't know why I thought Good Morning America. I think it was something else because I think I just watched that too. Is those two songs I just saw linked yeah. posted last week, and and yeah. I do remember thinking that okay, his father of all, like he doesn't have the same annoying effects on his voice where he's kind of singing all high pitched and and whatever. Yeah. But yeah, like he still is, like he's still doing like his falsetto, but it's it, it you can hear a little more Billy Joe in there, right? Than, yeah on the studio version for sure. But, and I mean, that's kind of why I'm like, you know what? I'm going to reserve judgment on that record. I don't have a problem with it. It's different. And Green Day's changed directions before. Yeah. And in my mind, it took me a while, but I think it worked out. Right. Where I'm like, yeah, "Yeah, I like those, those records. There are moments on 21st Century Breakdown and on American Idiot where, you know, songs maybe get a little long, but then all of a sudden they like change directions and you're like, oh, what is this? Like, you know, so... Yeah, yeah I I discovered 21st Century uh, like way after it and just remember thinking like, man, there's some awesome songs on here that I totally missed yeah. out on. Yeah, it's crazy because it's 10 years old now. Yeah, wow. <laughs> but yeah, no, those those couple of records I think are, are great. I did want to kind of maybe just trying to see how long we've been going here to, to start bringing it home a little bit. Um, I'm pretty sure... You were like me and every other 90s kid who not necessarily got into punk rock, but got into alternative music. I'm sure one of the most iconic things that you picture when you think of Green Day has got to be Woodstock 94. I was just going to say that. Getting mud like, thrown at his guitar. Oh, and when like, I come around. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because, yeah, they use that for for the music video. But then when you see like the extended, like he at some point, Billy Joe takes his guitar off. He's throwing mud back. He catches mud at one point and just immediately shoves it in his mouth. Ugh, like it's just yeah. this whole thing that was going on that I'm like, that is yeah. insane. So, like, for me, I'm like, that's the like Woodstock 94 memory. And then of course, like they try to do Woodstock again five years later and everyone thinks of like Limp Biscuit and break stuff when like riots start. Right. <laughs> so it's like yeah, just a yeah. very different shift in what was happening, you know, kind of in music or whatever. But yeah, yeah, no green day. That, and cause that, I think Woodstock 94 would have been right after Dookie came out. Like, yeah. you know, they hadn't reached, I don't think they'd reached the, the, the peak of where they would be. Uh, off that record in fact you know that performance may be in fact what like fully launched them yeah and it's crazy to think you know like what was the time of of that album coming out to when they played woodstock and had they really exploded in that time yet because i mean that was a huge a huge slot to be at woodstock so that's yeah i never really thought about that yeah i'm assuming woodstock was probably in late summer Let's see if this tells me when Dookie came out. If I click on it, if it gives me a release date. February 1st, 94 is when Dookie came out. Okay, so by the um, summer playing Woodstock, yeah, maybe. So they had played, yeah, they played, it was a couple months. Isn't that um, crazy to think? Wa- you know, they were essentially nobody, and then they yeah. put this album out, and a year later they're playing this ridiculously huge music festival. And like, Well, a- and not even a year later. And, and I don't even think they were like, 
playing a prime spot in the day, right? Like, I mean, it was a huge music festival, but yeah, that's well, true. But there were definitely some spots where it was like, I don't, I don't think they were playing a prime spot. I mean, I think of like Woodstock '99, for instance, and like some of the earlier bands. Do you remember like Serial Joe? Oh yeah, they played they were Woodstock '99. Wow. Yeah, and uh, like they had no business playing Woodstock '99, but they did. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, like. I don't know where Green Day sat on that day, but um, yeah, yeah, no, it was they were they were on the verge of becoming huge, right? Yeah, like, and uh, good for them. Yeah, good yeah. for them. But yeah, no, Green Day will always be a band. I think for me that um, always like I, I will always appreciate them. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. while not in the same way as you know like some of the bands we've talked about where like mxpx for instance i credit them and say they're the reason i really got into music right i'd heard green day before actually getting into mxpx but then like i never really went out of my way to buy stuff until later right until i was like realizing like, man these guys the scope of what they did was huge definitely yeah and without green day you don't have the explosion of you know like blink 182 and stuff like that in yeah 99 2000 in the early 2000s right like yeah very true it's so weird to me to think like because i think they call like the like early 2000s pop punk is like the second wave of pop punk explosion yeah. and it's like well green day was literally only a couple years before that in fact they were like doing stuff at the same time right like when you go back with blink 182 and like their earlier albums right but it's just kind of funny that you know that's when they hit um but yeah no green day i think it's you can't i don't think it's possible to overstate the importance of green day yeah i agree in in what we listen to right yeah even though they you know like the song 86 on insomniac is talking about how like they were one of those bands where as much as i i probably fell victim a little bit to this not victim but fell in line you know group mentality sort of thing with like remember how there was a time and maybe this still exists but for sure when i was young and like actively involved in a punk scene there was this whole thing where it was like uh punks versus sellouts right like <laughs> uh those guys are sellouts and like green day were the face of that oh yeah right like they got they got hit so hard by their own scene yeah and you know like to the point where it was like as soon as they signed to Reprise Records, they weren't allowed to come back to their venue that they'd grown up in, right? Yeah. I think eventually down the road, I think they did do a like a show and a thing yeah, for so. Gilman. Yeah. Um, but just in that time, and to see the interviews with Billy Joe and Mike and Trey and stuff at that time, it's it's a little bit heartbreaking because they, they literally talk about going, like, if we were to do it all again, I don't know if I'd sign that contract. Hmm. I don't know if they feel that way now. Yeah. But, like, at that time, yeah, they're like, right. I don't know if I'd, if we'd sign that contract, you know? Um, and to think, like, what would have happened if they didn't? Like, who would they have yeah. been? Right? Like, I mean, they clearly had the chops and the songwriting ability to write monster hits. But if you don't have the distribution and the representation of a major label behind you, like say they stayed on Lookout Records, do they bankrupt Lookout Records because, you know, um, everyone catches wind of Green Day when they release Dookie on Lookout instead of Reprise and then yeah. Lookout can't handle it? Yeah. You know, does that happen? I don't know, you know, but instead they got shunned by their own scene and uh, eventually again, I think bridges were mended. But um, I did want to, I think, close with this unless you've uh, actually... Uh, you share some of your last thoughts before we close because I do have one last thing I want to point out. Yeah, just the there'll always be a band that you know that sticks out. I like I said, I can still remember when I first heard them, and I think that's always such a crucial part to um, to being attached to a band or a certain kind of music. If you can remember that first memory and just how it made you feel, you know, had I just heard it, you know, in some other way instead of discovering that tape. They might have not had the same effect on me or, or whatever. And so, yeah, definitely a band that I can I can appreciate and for the most part put, you know, any of their albums on and enjoy it. And, and yeah, I'll still be listening to them for, for years to come. Yeah, it is interesting to think, like, we grew up in, like, the last, I want to say, like, great era of music, right? Like, now you have yeah. these streaming services and you're constantly discovering new music, but, like... I want to say Green Day would have been a part of the last like generation of like artists bands you had to discover 
like through word of mouth radio, like that just had that feeling, right? Like where they could actually, I don't know if we'll ever see a band do that again, where they just come and like take over, right? Like, um, and I mean, you can make an argument. Sorry, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, you can make an argument with like the second wave of pop punk and like how they got back on radio and TV and stuff, but it was nowhere near the same level of like, knocking like breaking down walls right like i mean obviously yeah. that goes back to nirvana and stuff that was changing but um i i, I sometimes think about it, like will we ever see that again like the the announcement of you know rage against the machine getting back together uh that was made i think the same day as like my chemical romance announcement and for right. me i'm like oh hooray my chemical romance is back like i know there are people who really like my chemical romance but they didn't do anything near as like monstrous for me anyways in like the world of music is like rage against the machine rage against the machine similarly came up you know at a time where it was like there was this movement that was happening right like Mm. this explosion and that they were a part of whereas like yeah my chemical romance came around in the early 2000s and they credit to them you know they they wrote some fantastic songs and were creative in their own right. They weren't just another, you know, mall punk knockoff. They did their thing. Yeah. Um, in fact, you might be able to say they changed mall punk for their job, like their their era or whatever, right? But it all became about black eyeliner and stuff. But <laughs> which yeah. Billy Joe rocks the black eyeliner yeah, too. Yeah, I was so gonna you know say. What? Yeah. But um, before going too far down a tangent, I did want to wrap up with one thing, and it kind of ties in with Billy Joe and his eyeliner. Green Day is a weird band in the sense that Billy Joe never seems to age. Yeah, we uh, noticed that too. Mike Durnt has always looked like a 45 to 50-year-old man. <laughs> and Trey Cool these days just looks like he's trying so hard to hang on to. Like Sometimes I'm like, it looks like he's either either he wears a lot of makeup or he's had a lot of plastic surgery yeah. or something. <laughs> yeah, I feel like it's, it's one of those where it's just going to hit them one day and yeah. they're just going to have to accept it or I guess just... Yeah. keep getting plastic surgery or whatever but yeah that must you, be that must be weird for them too cuz you know for these bands that have such iconic looks yeah you know, whether it's like still having long hair or whatever like it's going to have to change sometimes so what do you do with that you know you see yeah. guys and it's like oh man like he's looking rough you should probably just get a haircut and you know <laughs> yeah um speaking of looks did did green day ever influence you in any way where you were like ooh you know, whether it's like styles or hairstyles or anything like that? Uh, I, I'm sure they did in, did in little ways. I don't, I don't think I ever, yeah, I wouldn't have been nearly as much as, you know, bands like MXPX or Blink-182. Um, I don't know if Green Day ever really set out to do that. So, um, yeah, I, I, can't, I can't say they really influenced that part. Green Day influenced me in the fact that Billy Joe Armstrong has always made me want to own striped shirts. Oh yeah, I feel like that guy has or had an infinite collection of striped shirts. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And anytime I see one, I'm like, that reminds me of Billy Joe Armstrong or a black dress shirt and skinny red tie or something. Or yeah, yeah. yeah. If you're going the American idiot route, although he was wearing a tie in that that show I watched. Yeah, uh, in Australia, he was wearing a tie. Yes, but he was like wearing. Yeah, he was wearing a brown shirt. Did he have a black tie and black pants? Anyway. Whatever, we don't need to go down that route. Yeah. Look it up. It's like Green Day live at Goat Island or something like that. It yeah. was it was actually a pretty good show. It's it's fun to go back, and that's what I love about some of these bands. And Green Day is a prime example because there's just so much stuff on the internet to watch of Green Day, right? But yeah. to go back yeah. and see these like snapshots where it's like, man, I remember life being like that, mm. you know, and like just looking and saying like, yep, that reminds me of exactly where I would have been at that time sort yeah. of deal. So it's kind of fun. But yeah. So what anyway. about uh, favorite songs? Oh, shoot. Yeah, man. How did we? Wow. I was about to blow right past that. <laughs> um, favorite songs. I was thinking about this. I was trying to come up with something. Um, and, you know, I think I'm going to have to say. Uh, like going back to Insomniac, I always like to say that Insomniac was my favorite Green Day album. I don't know yeah. if I necessarily believe that. It felt like the one at the time where I was like, oh yeah, people would like crap all over Green Day. And I'd be like, yeah, but Insomniac, man. That's yeah. like the, the underground really after they that. blew up album, right? Yeah. But I've always liked um, like the the combination of Brain Stew into Jaded yeah, I love and that. how they like did those videos together. Um, and Brain Stew actually features probably my favorite lyric of all Green Day songs, 
when it's in the bridge, I think, and the guitar is just like going off like the Danant, Danant, right? Yeah. And Godzilla is roaring in the background. Oh, I don't know if I ever picked <laughs> up on that. No, you didn't because have you ever it's the Godzilla remix. <laughs> oh, okay. There's do you remember like the I think it was like Godzilla 2000 or whatever. Oh, like uh, a movie came or out. something? Yeah, oh, it was okay. a movie and I had the soundtrack and it featured Brain Stew and in the parts where it's just like huge uh A I want to say they added strings. I'm not sure if there's strings on the the album version maybe there is but but then also there's like godzilla roaring in the background nice. it's so awesome you gotta look it up yeah. that that album also featured um uh some rage against the machine it was a pretty decent huh. uh pretty decent soundtrack um but yeah i've always liked how those two go together yeah um and then as far like so insomniac's been fun but a song that i recently discovered that i think i really love i want to say off of um Oh, what's it called? Revolution Radio. I think it is uh, Young Blood. Yeah, Young Blood. Yeah, that's probably my favorite one off that album. The too. chorus gets a little like a little annoying. The Young Blood, like it's a little yeah, it's just kind of over repetitive, but but the verses like are, the, are awesome in that song. So good, and and yeah. there's some some attitude in that song. It's pretty awesome. But what about yeah. you? Favorite album? Favorite song? Uh, yeah, I think I'm going to have to go with Insomniac as well as I listen. Not allowed. Nope. I crossed it off the list. You okay, can't do it. You got to well. pick something. <laughs> <laughs> just like, I, I felt like it had a bit more, I don't know if it was just energy or more upbeat yeah. songs than, than Dookie had. Um, but yeah, I think for songs, you know, the opening track on, on Dookie, uh, Burning Out, I think it's called, Right. you know, yep. just where it comes in with that little snare fill and. Yeah, just I, I can. Declare, I don't care. No yeah, more. I feel like yeah. I can still hear that for the first time, and yeah. it just be like, like, what is this? And it was so good. Um, yeah. And then I mean, yeah, uh, Basket Case obviously is is a pretty iconic song in there, and and the video for it was awesome, and so that's kind of always in my head. Um, and then yeah. one off of a later album, um, like I said, I discovered Twenty First Century Breakdown later on. Yeah. And yeah. uh, it's one of the last songs on the album called See the Light. And it's just okay. so stinking catchy. Yeah. And I can just listen to that song over and over. And I remember when I first heard it, just feeling like, like, how did I miss this? <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, yeah it's, those would, those would be yeah. my top ones. The uh, funny little anecdote that was, I saw in that, um, that like VH1 behind the music or whatever today about Green Day. Uh, I want to say it was the guy from Lookout Records who also kind of ran Gilman Street. Um, he was talking about Insomniac and how Green Day had basically released it being like, look, we're still edgy and angry or whatever, right? And so they released this like dark kind of angry album, especially after Dookie, right? Like Dookie, yeah. the, the cover's all cartoony and all this stuff, right? And it's just this like fun album. And then Insomniac comes and it's like the cover's a little more like weird and <laughs> you yeah. know what i mean and then like the gremlin on the cd but but he's like the uh, the ironic thing is is they were never really like edgy and dark and angry right like it was like mm -hmm. their kind of way of saying like look you shunned us but look we're still punk rock but he's yeah. like but they were always like writing love songs and uh like poppy music and whatever so it's just kind of funny but yeah insomniac i think is a great listen and one thing i will always love about green day is you you know a green day song especially that older stuff even when you yeah, go back yeah. to like kerplunk and uh 39 smooth and stuff like that it it's a green day song like you can hear billy joe's writing yeah. style in those songs now obviously they expand on that as time goes on but um i'll always always appreciate that but yeah no i think that's gonna we've been going for a while i think i said i was gonna try and wrap it up about halfway through this episode now we kept going <laughs> well, but too um, much to talk about when you got 10 albums too much man. i mean it's green day it's it's literally one of the biggest bands the genre if not the biggest band the genre has ever produced right like yeah. um we could easily do more episodes i think on green day and maybe we will in the future who knows uh but before we get out of here, we're going to do all that housekeeping stuff all over again. You can find the show wherever you find podcasts, literally, basically everywhere. And we've I love that people listen to it in all different places. Yeah. But wherever you're listening, make sure you subscribe, you rate, you review, that kind of stuff. Because especially on like Apple Podcasts, rating and reviewing it, that's going to help it get recommended for other people. So then, you know, more people can hear the show, more people can start talking with us about their favorite punk bands. 
and stuff like that. And you can send recommendations. If you want to yeah, send recommendations, yeah. Head on over to our social media. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Growing Punk Pod. We are also on Instagram at Growing Up Punk. Um, I myself am on Twitter and Instagram at David Growing Up. Oh, we're also on Facebook. We're literally everywhere. Aaron, you're on Instagram at Aaron Grew Up Punk, right? Yeah, yeah. And I've yeah, had some can... uh, people add me, and I even uh, let them be my friends. So, oh, that's so nice of you. So <laughs> no, nice. Aaron no, is finally awesome. opening that circle. Yeah, no. That, some it, send <laughs> messages, and yeah, I've had some really cool conversations with people. So keep it coming. There you go, man. So yeah, we're gonna wrap it up there. Um, let us know what you think. You're a Green Day fan? What's your Green Day story? I feel like everyone's got a Green Day story. Uh, you can share that with us wherever you follow us. And uh, yeah, that's going to do it. So uh, bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs>